You're listening to Canada's Court, your home for all your Canadian basketball needs. Here's your host, Philip Drost. Well, the WNBA season is coming to an end, and that also means the end of Ruth Hamlin's status as rookie. A six-foot-six center from British Columbia spent her summer playing for the Dallas Wings. She was drafted by the Wings after a historic season with the Oregon State Beavers. She helped bring that Division I school to its first Final Four appearance. And now she's making an appearance on Canada's court. Hello, Ruth, and thanks for joining me. Hello. So uh, to start out, I've got two quick questions for you. Uh, the first one being on Twitter, I've seen you uh, have posted these pictures of T-shirts that have a maple leaf and a hammer on them. Could you tell me what that's about? Well, it stems from my nickname, which is the Canadian Hammer, which I got during my freshman year at Oregon State from a guy on the men's team named Joe Burton. And kind of from there, it turned into T-shirts a couple years ago. And now I'm selling – there was originally just for my family, but now I'm selling them to fans and friends across the country. And how does one uh, get a hold of one of those T-shirts? I actually have them – set up on an online store on my website, ruthamblin.com. Good to know. Good to know. So uh, you're from Houston, British Columbia. When you tell people where you're from, do you always have to add that it's Houston, British Columbia and not uh, Houston, Texas? Yes. Even when I was in, growing up in BC, I would have to clarify that I was from British Columbia because most people have never heard of Houston before. Oh, that's, uh, that's rough. <laughs> um. Well, I guess I'm Canadian, and uh, I've never heard of Houston, British Columbia, but I I'm going to give myself some slack since I'm from New Brunswick and not uh, British Columbia. Yeah, I think we can excuse that. Okay, I appreciate that. So when did your um, basketball journey begin? When did you first pick up a basketball? I started pretty late, actually. I didn't start till grade 9 in high school, and so it's been a kind of crazy ride to get here only in eight years, but, yeah, it's been pretty awesome. And and how did it happen? How did you first get involved? Well, it was my high school biology teacher was going to start coaching the team, and I really liked him. And I my school was so small that pretty much everyone played sports. So, you know, you just do that to hang out with your 10 other classmates pretty much after hours. And so decided to play basketball, and he kind of took me under his wing and coached me along and helped me a lot. When you say small, like how small? Did you need everyone to play in order to, to make a team? Pretty much. So there were... 10 kids in my graduating class, but our high school, like our, when we had our senior girls basketball team, it, we had a 7th grader, an 8th grader, a couple ninth graders, and then 11th and 12th graders. So we had pretty much the whole high school contributing. I, uh, I completely understand. I went to a small high school as well, and I think there might have been two people in, uh, uh, in the high school that didn't play on the men's team, and that was it. Everyone else played. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. So uh, in high school, you averaged 27 points, 13 rebounds, and this is the most impressive, uh, 11 blocks a game. Just in case people thought I thought I said that wrong, yeah, I said 11 blocks a game. What did it feel like to dominate like that? Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. Um, definitely just kind of doing what I needed to do for my team, but especially at that small high school level, I had a significant advantage with my height you know, just kind of lobbing up shots and then even blocking, you know, everyone was pretty short. So it came, it wasn't necessarily easy, but I definitely had an advantage. How tall were you at that point? I was about six four, six five. So, yeah. So quite a bit ahead of uh, most people around you. 
Yeah, most of the other posts were like 5'11". <laughs> How did the uh, other teams react when they came to play you? Uh, I think there was a little bit of an intimidation factor. I was kind of oblivious to it at the time, but I think my teammates were more aware of it than I was. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure uh, getting blocked is maybe the most demoralizing thing in the game. So you probably had a lot of people who weren't exactly uh, your fans on the other team. Yeah, probably. People definitely didn't like driving down the lane on me. <laughs> Uh, I would imagine it would be easy to get a, a little complacent, perhaps, when you're able to to dominate like that. And as you said, it's a, a bit of a smaller area. How were you able to push yourself during that time? Well, fortunately, I had the ability to play on the um, BC provincial team. And so going from high school to there and seeing just that difference in talent and gap and skills, it really pushed me and continued me to, like, be hungry to become better because they were so much better at that level. And I really wanted to catch up and be able to play at that level. And when did, uh, university start taking notice? Uh, it was pretty late. It wasn't until really before going into grade 12 that I was actually like heavily recruited and it wasn't necessarily even heavily recruited. I definitely went under the radar, but there were about four or five American colleges that looked at me at the time. And what was that recruiting process like? I imagine most people don't quite know what that would look like. Yeah, it was very overwhelming. Um, a lot of you get a lot of like random emails and then calls, and all the coaches want to talk to you and kind of hear, yeah, just what type of person you are and how passionate you are about the game and what you want to bring. Um, so it's it very overwhelming, especially since it was so new for me and I didn't know anyone who had ever gone through that before. But just kind of yeah, sifting through, getting building relationships with these coaches and finding out what their programs are about. You mentioned you didn't really uh, know anyone who had gone through that before. Where did you turn for guidance at that point? Uh, well, I remember at one point, um, luckily I played one of my teammates on Team BC was Maya Olenek and her brother Kelly Olenek, you may have heard of who plays for the Celtics right now. Um, he had gone through that, so they luckily kind of were able to give us some tips before going into it a little bit. And what, what schools were talking to you? Uh, it was Washington, Washington State, Oregon State, St. Mary's, uh, Montana, and there, yeah, that was pretty much the main American ones. Then obviously a lot of CIS schools. And you ended up going going to Oregon State. What was uh, the reasoning behind that decision? Yeah, I, I actually had just this really good gut feeling about it. I really liked Coach Ruick and just the program that he was building. They were actually coming off, uh, like it was his first season in the program. They'd only won nine games. And so his record wasn't exactly something to speak for, but he had built this program from the ground up. He pretty much only had two scholarship players when he took over the team because it was a complete restructuring. And I just really liked his passion, his energy, and the people that he was surrounding himself with between staff and the players that he was recruiting. I just felt really good vibes and wanted to be a part of something, building something new and exciting. And what did he say to try and convince you to come? Oh, well, he didn't have to say much. I pretty much committed after like two phone calls and talking to my dad. I had a phone call with him and then I had two more with my dad on the line. And then my dad was able to call one of my teammates, dad, Jamie Wisner, her father, Darcy Wisner. And so kind of got some advice on, yeah, what he felt about the program and how excited he was. And just kind of after getting all positive ratings from these people, I decided to commit. So, yeah. And that began uh, a four-year college career for you. What was the uh, college experience like? Oh, my goodness. It's crazy to try and summarize that up. But um, it was just a heck of a ride going from my freshman year where we only had 10 wins and just a really disappointing season because we were supposed to be very good. Um, and just kind of building off that. And then 
making the final four run my senior year winning the Pac-12 championship and Pac-12 tournament. It was amazing. There's lots of highs and lows and a lot of hard work and extra hours that people never see just the, the grit that it takes to play at that level uh, was amazing. I learned so many lessons and had some awesome teammates. And so it was just an unforgettable experience and so glad that I got to be a part of something that cool. How was uh, you and your team able to turn it around after such a, as you said, disappointing start? Well, we kind of just rallied together. We we had a couple people graduate and just kind of had a really good group coming in. There were about five of us in the sophomore class that following year, and we just kind of decided together that we were going to turn this program around and that we were going to do a lot better. And I think we just had a ton of character and heart and put it out on the floor every night, and we dialed in, we listened to the coaches, we bought into the scouting report and really just focused in on what we needed to do. And just all those little things adding up led to where we were. Yeah. What was that transition like? It must have been a, a lot different to go from being uh, playing at a small high school to going to a Division One school. Yeah, it was pretty crazy in a lot of ways, especially like the basketball level. It was a complete different level. I remember the first day of practice, I was like so overwhelmed with like the first few drills, and it turns out that was just like the regular warm-up that we do every day. So like by second year, you know, you're like, oh, this is just whatever. But like that first day, I was like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? Um, so it's kind of – it was just crazy to – play that level and all freshman year was a lot of adapting and growing just because it was such a discrepancy and I wasn't quite ready to play at that level but I just came in every day worked really hard and did my best and listened to the coaches and tried to be a sponge and really take in what they had to say and then academically it was different too because I go from my graduating class of 10 and my first day of chemistry I've got 350 other classmates in the room with me so there were a lot of adjustments that I had to make. What were some of those adjustments? Uh, definitely just kind of um, staying focused and, you know, especially going to college for anyone, um, you go, you're kind of out on your own. So you have to learn to set your own goals and manage your own time and just really make sure that you're doing something that you're passionate about. So for me, it was really deciding that I was going to be bought in and all in on this. So, you know, I was early for everything, did the extra work behind the scenes and just kind of, yeah, just gave it everything that I had. And then, uh, as you mentioned, in your last year, you made it to the Final Four. What was that like? Oh, it was an amazing ride. Um, Yeah, just the whole senior year is kind of crazy because I remember it was right before or right after our Christmas break, we lost our starting point guard for she broke her thumb. And so um, that was like kind of like a setback for the team. We're like, oh, no, we we knew we were going to be really good. But it was in that little season there, those four weeks that she was out where we really kind of got this gritty character and we decided that you know we weren't going to let anything stand in the way of us and achieving our goals and just kind of from that then when she came back we were just on a roll and that carried right through the Pac-12 tournament and the NCAA tournament and it was really awesome and obviously it's hard you know losing that last game especially to Connecticut who's such a great team but like there's just this feeling of just satisfaction because we know we reached our potential as a group and there's really no better feeling than that especially to be able to make it to the final four and have this experience that so many people dream of about dream about but so few get to actually go to tell me a bit about that win against uh baylor what happened in that game oh my goodness that game was crazy um i think for a lot of us too that was a team that you looked up to you know when our our graduating year they had won the championship and or like from high school and you know you just kind of this team that's like kind of legendary in women's basketball and so to go against them on their home court we were in that a lot our American Airlines arena and it was just packed with green and yellow and everybody is cheering against us and so we kind of just 
it was just us against the world and stuck together as a group and it was so loud in there but it was so fun we just took it play by play and just executed and down that stretch I, I will never forget the moment when I heard the buzzer go off and we all jumped on top of each other it's probably one of the best moments of my life wow and uh, how soon after were you thinking about the WNBA Ah, uh, well it had definitely kind of been a, a lurking thought all season but it happens pretty fast because pretty much like two days after I was talking to agents and trying to figure that out. And then the draft was like only a week later. So not much time to kind of transition gears into such a different phase of life. What was that process like? Like even getting an agent, how does that all work? Oh, uh, well, it was, it was different for sure. It's kind of like recruiting all again where I didn't really know what I was doing, but luckily this time I had people who had gone through it. I used a lot of my um, team Canada teammates who, you know, knew a lot of these agents, so kind of got, um, you know, just kind of background information on a lot of the agents, but just, yeah, talking to people, and then during the season, I had received a lot of messages, but, you know, you don't really reply to them for NCAA rules, but so finally getting to talk to them at the end, and they're all just trying to recruit you and butter you up, so you got to try and filter through, you know, kind of all that extra stuff and find out what they're really about. So did you have all those uh, emails saved, not replied to, but saved, and did you go back to them? Is that what happened? Pretty much, yeah. I had a list of like four or five that I had like talked to other people about and knew were good agents. So those were, I didn't talk to everyone, but I just talked to the, that handful that I knew was reliable and somebody that I'd potentially want to sign with. And then did you have to do any uh, workouts leading up to the draft or anything like that? Uh, there isn't any like WNBA official workouts. Um, I was just kind of staying at Oregon State and working out with my strength coach there. Pretty much everyone else was taking time off because they had a long time before their season started. But with the WNBA starting in the summer, I took like four days off and then I was back at work. So yeah, just kind of working on my own, pushing myself, making sure I was in really good shape for training camp. Uh, and then it was, uh, comes draft night. I recently, while I was doing research for this interview, I watched a video on your blog that you made on draft night. It seemed like it was, a uh, Quite an eventful evening. Could you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, it was it was a very eventful is a good word to use. Um, but yeah, no, it was antagonizing kind of waiting for the draft to happen just that whole day. Was, like time could not pass any slower. Um, and then when it finally came around, you know, you're just sitting there round by round. And obviously there's projections and like I'd kind of been projected to go late round, early for, or late first round, early second round. And so you know, when the first round ends and your name still isn't called, you're sitting there like, oh, my goodness, when is it going to happen? And then um, it actually got called during a commercial. So they're, they came back from this commercial break, and they're interviewing Brianna Stewart, the number one pick. And I looked down on the screen, and it says, Ruth Hamblin, Dallas Wings. I'm like, wait, is that my name? And then after I realized that it was, you know, I obviously lots of celebration and screaming, but it was it was a really exciting moment to see my name finally up on that screen. Was there ever a, a point in that night where you're like, oh, man, I'm I'm not going to make it? <laughs> yeah, I think I was just kind of jokingly saying that after, like, every round that my name didn't get called. I'm like, it's a, just watch. I'm not going to get picked. But <laughs> it happened, so just stayed strong. <laughs> and who did, you, who did you have around you for that night? That's a pretty big uh, evening. Yeah, um, I kept it pretty select. It was basically, so Sydney Weiss, our point guard, who's one of my closest friends, and then Kendall one of our team managers. So it's the three of us. We called it the VI3, and we we made some pizza and waited for the draft. Nice. And then uh, I guess that comes with another big transition. What was it like then making the jump from college to the pros? Yeah, that was it's 
definitely been a lot of transitioning um, just this summer, even just going to training camp itself and being ready for that. But, yeah, playing against people who have played basketball, or a lot of these girls have played basketball in the WNBA longer than I've even been playing basketball. So, you know, they have a lot of experience and a lot of savviness that, you know, I have to learn from. And so it's a great experience, obviously, getting to play with the best in the world. And so it's a challenge every single day and just, yeah, knowing that you're going to have to compete with every bit that you've got every day and get better and just kind of had to put on that same role that I had freshman year and just be a sponge and listen to everyone and try and adapt and grow my game and become the best player that I can be. Take me back to that uh, first day of training camp. What was that like? Uh, it was different. So we actually had an open practice for our first day of training camp. So it was kind of, it was a lot more skill work than like just kind of going up and down um, battling. So I, I think that kind of made the transition a bit easier because, you know, at the end of the day, you know how to do these drills. And so it wasn't like super mind blowing, but it was definitely like nerve wracking to, I remember the first time that, yeah, we ran out even just to, like in layup line, something as simple, you kind of like get in the moment. You're like, Oh my goodness. Like I'm in the WNBA playing basketball right now. And so just trying to like let those thoughts pass and just focus on your game because that's what, you know. Was there ever a, a moment where you thought to yourself, I could play basketball professionally? Like, in the past obviously you're playing now but well I've always been like a big dreamer and so I definitely remember this moment um it was actually uh grade 12 at the single a girls provincials and it was at the banquet and I was like I think I can go play in the WNBA and like not even know realizing how naive of a thought that would be like how hard it is especially for a Canadian to go in America and make it in NCAAs and then go to the WNBA but I like I just had this like feeling and it's pretty crazy to like have it happen like just four years later. Who was the first person you told that you thought you could you could do it? Um, I don't know if I necessarily just told anyone, but definitely when I got to Oregon State, like my coach had kind of this goals meeting. He wanted to just find out like what my goals with basketball were, and I definitely told him I was like I want to play in the WNBA. So I think he was the first like person. I think other, until then I kind of just kept it in my heart. <laughs> Did he give you any advice when you said that or anything like that? Definitely. No, he right away kind of like just took that and showed me a lot of film, kind of gave me a couple of players that I could craft my game after and learn from. And so it became like less of a dream and more of a goal at that point and just kind of making steps towards it. And now you're uh, coming to the end of your first season. Was there anything that surprised you about it? Um, uh, it's, there's a, like a lot of different little things compared to college. I think the independence is something that's different just in the WNBA. Like in college, pretty much they take care of you because they're, yeah, they're responsible for you. But in the WNBA, everyone's like a grown woman and you have to take care of yourself. So I think just like learning to be independent in that and still like playing basketball, is just a lot of responsibility, but it's definitely something that I can't handle. But other than that, it's, it's really awesome to just be able to play against these players that you've been looking up to for so many years. It's kind of surreal in a lot of moments. As you've uh, been going through all this, uh, has there been anyone that's been a mentor for you, not necessarily specifically for just basketball, but just uh, in life in general? Uh, my dad's been a huge mentor in my life, especially for basketball, but just like in life in general. He's kind of a philosopher on the side job, I think. But, um, yeah, he's, he's the one who drove me down to Vancouver for 13 hours each weekend, um, to play Team BC and kind of during that we really bonded and like this basketball journey became not only my journey but his so I think 
he's been like the one who's really supported me all the way through that I'd talk on the phone when I was depressed during college and just needed a pick me up and a little encouragement. He was always there for me. And it's, it's been really cool how our relationships kind of evolved over the years, but he's always been there for me. That's nice. And uh, what advice would you give to young girls who want to do what you did and make it all the way to the pros? Yeah. um, I think hard work is at the base of it all. You've got to, you've got to put time into your game and intentional hard work too. You can't just work hard, but you have to have a plan and goals and continue to make steps towards your goals because you can't just stay where you're at. And so just putting in the extra time, getting up early to do that extra workout when it, when you don't feel like it um, and just loving what you do because you can't make it to this level if you don't love it and it's not worth it. So you really just have to like let your passion fuel your work and just be a sponge and listen to every coach and what they say, because you can learn from everyone, whether it's bad or good. So just, just really trying to take it all in. And let's talk for a minute about your uh, national team experience. You've spent some time with the Canadian national team. What has that done for your game? Oh, it's been a huge stepping stone in my game. I remember um, it was the year after my freshman year at Oregon State is when I finally, or I got pulled up to um, try out with the senior national team. And after that tryout, they actually asked me to stay longer and go on their European tour with them. And just being with them for that extended, it was like a month and a half and training with these elite Canadian women was an amazing experience. And I learned so much and grew my game. And that was kind of just the beginning of all the steps that, you know, they've helped me so much. The coaches are so encouraging. I just love the program there and I'm so excited to be able to play with them. But um, yeah, you get to play against the best in the world. And I said, there's something about um, the Canadian women's national team and, they just have this character of like grit and passion. And I think that that's like one of the best lessons that you can learn from them. Where do you think that comes from? I think it's just the inner Canadian heart in them. And it's kind of something like Canada in the past necessarily hasn't had the most athletic or talented, um, you know, players. So they've had to make up for it in grit and passion. And I think now that we have that athleticism and talent and the grit and the passion, it's just kind of this, awesome combination that's going to really do well for us in the future i think where does uh playing for the national team and representing your country where does that uh stand as with regards to your other basketball experiences how does that compare um i don't think that there's anything that can compare to wearing your country across your chest and representing the nation that you are yeah that like representing Canada and playing for the Murray Knights. So I think it's definitely number one on the list for sure. And like, it's my goal to play in the Olympics. And so just kind of, that's like the driving force behind all this to be able to play at the highest level at the Olympics with your country. And I think that that's just a huge honor. What was it like watching the Olympics this year? It was awesome. It was really um, exciting, especially since I like knew all the girls um, It was different, but it's kind of, you know, it was, is motivating in the way where it's like, I wish I was there. And so it just kind of pushes me towards, you know, looking at 2020 and continuing to become a better player so that I can reach that goal. And what do you think the, uh, the potential is for the Canadian women's national team? I think that um, we're going to be medal contenders in the very near future. So yeah, they've done very well and they've established this, this foundation of greatness. And I think that that's just going to continue to build and take steps forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing that came up that was very helpful in my research was uh, your blog that you started. How long have you been doing that? 
Yeah, I started that in like grade 11 as a challenge with my sister. We both always had wanted to blog, so we made a bet that we had to like blog a couple times every week or or yeah, like that we would both have to do this and the first person that lost would have to like buy each other dinner, but so that's just kind of how it got started, but ever since there it's taken off and I definitely just really enjoy being able to share my story and yeah, my adventures to all my fans and fam my family and everyone. Well, I guess the real question is who had to buy who dinner? Well, I think actually we both end up we both lost the same week, so we both bought each other dinner. <laughs> but, <I continued. laughs> but yours is still going. Yep. <laughs> and um, what's next for you? What what are you up to this uh, after the season ends? Yeah, so I actually am leaving for Perth, Australia, on September 26th to begin my um, overseas season there. And so that'll go pretty much till the mid of March. And it's, yeah, it's in the WNBL, which is the Australian Professional League. And so it's really exciting to, yeah, get the opportunity to play and live in a different country for six months and play the game that I love. Why did you decide to go there? Well, there's a lot of different options I had my first year. Um, but I really wanted Australia is a place I've always wanted to go. And so kind of be able to check that off my bucket list while being able to play. And also there's going to be a lot of changes, um, just learning to be an overseas professional basketball player. And one advantage to Australia is that there's no language barrier. So that was kind of also a um, motivating factor that I can kind of experience the culture shock without the language barrier. And there's a great coaches too there. It's a great team setting. So I'm really excited to be involved with the program there. And how long is it until that starts? Uh, well, our first game's October seventh, so it's pretty much right at yeah, not right a, away. Not a not a lot of rest for you, is there? Nope, it's basketball's pretty much year round now. Nice. All right. Well, um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I, I appreciate you taking the time. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Bye. That was Ruth Hamlin, center for the Dallas Wings. Thanks for listening to this episode of Canada's Court. It was a pleasure to have you alongside. If you have any comments you'd like to send or questions, you can reach me at Canada's Court Podcast at gmail.com or you can tweet me at Canada's Court. And if you could do me a huge favor, I would really appreciate it since you're uh, on your phone now. If you could give this podcast a rating and review on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. And that's all for this episode of Canada's Court. Thanks for listening.